0: Section 53 of Young Folk's Treasury Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckel. Young Folk's Treasury, Volume 2, edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. A Hero of Spain, Section 53, The CID, Parts 1 through 3, Adapted by Robert Southey. Part one. Rodrigo and the Leper. RODRIGO FORTHWITH SET OUT UPON THE ROAD AND TOOK WITH HIM TWENTY KNIGHTS, AND AS HE WENT HE DID GREAT GOOD AND GAVE ALMS, FEEDING THE POOR AND NEEDY, AND UPON THE WAY THEY FOUND A LEPER STRUGGLING IN A QUAGMIRE, WHO CRIED OUT TO THEM WITH A LOUD VOICE TO HELP HIM, FOR THE LOVE OF GOD. AND WHEN RODRIGO HEARD THIS, HE ALIGHTED FROM HIS BEAST, AND HELPED HIM, AND PLACED HIM UPON THE BEAST BEFORE HIM, AND CARRIED HIM WITH HIM IN THIS MANNER TO THE INN, WHERE HE TOOK UP HIS LODGING THAT NIGHT. AT THIS HIS KNIGHTS WERE LITTLE PLEASED when supper was ready he bade his knights take their seat and he took the leper by the hand and seated him next to himself and ate with him out of the same dish the knights were greatly offended at this foul sight insomuch that they rose up and left the chamber but rodrigo ordered a bed to be made ready for himself and for the leper and they twain slept together when it was midnight and rodrigo was fast asleep the leper breathed against him between his shoulders and that breath was so strong that it passed through him even through his breast and he awoke being astounded and felt for the leper by him, and found him not. And he began to call him, but there was no reply. Then he arose in fear, and called for a light, and it was brought him, and he looked for the leper, and could see nothing. So he returned into the bed, leaving the light burning. And he began to think within himself what had happened, and of that breath which had passed through him, and how the leper was not there. After a while, as he was thus musing, there appeared before him one in white garments, who said unto him, sleepest thou or wakest thou rodrigo and he answered and said i do not sleep but who art thou that bringest with thee such brightness and so sweet an odor said he i am saint lazarus and know that i was a leper to whom thou didst so much good and so great honor for the love of god and because thou didst this for his sake hath god now granted thee a great gift for whensoever that breath which thou hast felt shall come upon thee Whatever thing thou desirest to do, and shalt then begin, that shalt thou accomplish to thy heart's desire, whether it be in battle or aught else, so that thy honour shall go on increasing from day to day, and thou shalt be feared, both by Moors and Christians, and thy enemies shall never prevail against thee, and thou shalt die an honourable death in thine own house, and in thy renown. For God hath blessed thee, therefore go thou on, and evermore persevere in doing good. And with that he disappeared and rodrigo arose and prayed to our lady and intercessor saint mary that she would pray to her blessed son for him to watch over his body and soul in all his undertakings and he continued in prayer till the day broke then he proceeded on his way and performed his pilgrimage doing much good for the love of god and of saint mary part two the knighting of rodrigo now it came to pass that while the king lay before coimbra there came a pilgrim from the land of greece on pilgrimage to santiago his name was estiano and he was a bishop and as he was praying in the church he heard certain of the townsmen and of the pilgrims saying that santiago was wont to appear in battle like a knight in aid of the christians and when he heard this it nothing pleased him and he said unto them friends call him not a knight but rather a fisherman upon this it pleased god that he should fall asleep and in his sleep santiago appeared to him with a good and cheerful countenance holding in his hand a bunch of keys and said unto him THOU THINKEST IT A FABLE THAT THEY SHOULD CALL ME A KNIGHT, AND SAYEST THAT I AM NOT SO. FOR THIS REASON AM I COME UNTO THEE, THAT THOU NEVER MORE MAYEST DOUBT CONCERNING MY KNIGHTHOOD. FOR A KNIGHT OF JESUS CHRIST I AM, AND A HELPER OF THE CHRISTIANS AGAINST THE MOORS. THEN A HORSE WAS BROUGHT HIM, THE WHICH WAS EXCEEDING WHITE, AND THE APOSTLE SANTIAGO MOUNTED UPON IT, BEING WELL CLAD IN BRIGHT AND FAIR ARMOUR, AFTER THE MANNER OF A KNIGHT and he said to estiano i go to help king don ferrando who has lain these seven months before coimbra and to-morrow with these keys which thou seest will i open the gates of the city unto him at the third hour and deliver it into his hand having said this he departed and the bishop when he woke in the morning called together the clergy and people of compostella and told them what he had seen and heard and as he said even so did it come to pass for tidings came that on that day, and at the third hour, the gates of the city had been opened. King Don Ferrando then assembled his counts and chief captains, and told them all that the monks of Lorvan had done, in bringing him to besiege the city, and in supplying his army in their time of need. And the counts and chief captains made answer, and said, Certes, O king, if the monks had not given us the stores of their monastery, thou couldst not have taken the city at this time. The king then called for the abbot and the brethren, for they were with him in the host, and said the hours to him daily, and mass at St. Andre's, and buried there and in their own monastery as many as had died during the siege, either of arrow wounds, or by lances, or of their own infirmities. So they came before him, and gave him joy of his conquest. And he said unto them, Take ye now of this city as much as ye desire, since by God's favor and your counsel I have won it. But they made answer, Thanks be to God, and to you, and to your forefathers we have enough and shall have if so be that we have your favor and dwell among christians only for the love of god and for the remedy of your own soul give us one church with its dwelling-houses within the city and confirm unto us the gifts made to us in old times by your forefathers with that the king turned to his sons and his soldiers and said of a truth by our creator they who desire so little are men of god i would have given them half the city and they will have only a single church now therefore since they require but this on the part of god almighty let us grant and confirm unto them what they ask to the honour of god and saint mamid and the brethren brought him their charters of king Ramiro and king bermudo and king alfonso and of Gonzalo moniz who was a knight and married a daughter of king bermudo and of other good men and the king confirmed them and he bade them make a writing of all which had passed between him and them at the siege of coimbra and when they brought him the writing they brought him also a crown of silver and gold which had been king bermudo's and which gonzalo muniz had given to the monastery in honour of god and saint the king saw the crown set with precious stones and said to what end bring ye hither this crown and they said that you should take it sire in return for the good which you have done us but he answered far be it from me that i should take from your monastery what the good men before me have given to it take ye back the crown and take also ten marks of silver, and make with the money a good cross to remain with you for ever. And he who shall befriend you, may God befriend him, but he who shall disturb you or your monastery, may he be cursed by the living God and by his saints. So the king signed the writing which he had commanded to be made, and his sons and chief captains signed it also. And in the writing he enjoined his children, and his children's children, as many as should come after him, to honour and protect the monastery at Lorvan, Upon his blessing he charged them so to do, because he had found the brethren better than all the other monks in his dominions. Then King Don Ferrando knighted Rodrigo of Bivar in the great mosque of Coimbra, which he dedicated to St. Mary, and the ceremony was after this manner, the king girded on his sword, and gave him the kiss, but not the blow. To do him honour the queen gave him his horse, and the Infanta Donna Iraca fastened on his spurs, and from that day forth he was called Rudiez. Then the king commanded him to knight nine noble squires with his own hand and he took his sword before the altar and knighted them the king then gave coimbra to the keeping of don cisnando bishop of Iria, a man who having more hardyhood than religion had by reason of his misdeeds gone over to the moors and sorely infested the christians in portugal but during the siege he had come to the king's service and bestirred himself well against the moors therefore the king took him into his favour and gave him the city to keep, which he kept, and did much evil to the Moors till the day of his death. And the king departed, and went to Compostella, to return thanks to Santiago. But then Benalfagi, who was the lord of many lands in Estramadura, gathered together a great power of the Moors, and built up the walls of Montemor, and from thence waged war against Coimbra, so that they of Coimbra called upon the king for help. And the king came against the town, and fought against it, and took it great honor did rudiez win at that siege for having to protect the foragers the enemy came out upon him and thrice in one day was he beset by them but he though sorely pressed by them and in great peril nevertheless would not send to the camp for succor but put forth his manhood and defeated them and from that day the king gave more power into his hands and made him head over all his household now the men of Leon besought the king that he should repeople Zamora, which had lain desolate since it was destroyed by Almanzor, and he went thither and peopled the city, and gave to it good privileges. And while he was there came messengers from the five kings who were vassals to Rudiez of Bivar bringing him their tribute, and they came to him, he being with the king, and called him Cid, which signifieth lord, and would have kissed his hands, but he would not give them his hand till they had kissed the hand of the king. And Rudiez took the tribute, and offered the fifth thereof to the king, in token of his sovereignty. And the king thanked him, but would not receive it. And from that time he ordered that Rudiez should be called the Cid, because the Moors had so called him. Part three: How the Cid Made a Coward into a Brave Man At this time, Martin Peleas the Asturian came with a convoy of laden beasts, carrying provisions to the host of the Cid and as he passed near the town the moors sallied out in great numbers against him but he though he had few with him defended the convoy right well and did great hurt to the moors slaying many of them and drove them into the town this martin peleas who is here spoken of did the cid make a right good knight of a coward as ye shall hear when the cid first began to lay siege to the city of valencia this martin peleas came unto him He was a knight, a native of Santiana in Asturias, a Hidalgo, great of body and strong of limb, a well-made man of goodly semblance, but withal a right coward at heart, which he had shown in many places when he was among feats of arms. And the Cid was sorry when he came unto him, though he would not let him perceive this, for he knew he was not fit to be of his company. Howbeit he thought that since he was come he would make him brave, whether he would or not when the cid began to war upon the town and sent parties against it twice and thrice a day for the cid was always upon the alert there was fighting and tourneying every day one day it fell out that the cid and his kinsmen and friends and vassals were engaged in a great encounter and this martin Peleas was well armed and when he saw that the moors and christians were at it he fled and betook himself to his lodging and there he hid himself till the cid returned to dinner and the cid saw what martin Peleas did and when he had conquered the Moors he returned to his lodging to dinner. Now it was the custom of the Cid to eat at a high table, seated on his bench at the head, and Don Alvar Fanez and Pedro Bermudez and other precious knights ate at another part at high tables, fully honourably, and none other knights whatsoever dared to take their seats with them, unless they were such as deserved to be there, and the others, who were not so approved in arms, ate upon Estrados at tables with cushions this was the order of the house of the cid and every one knew the place where he was to sit at meat and every one strove all he could to gain the honor of sitting at the table of don alvar faez and his companions by strenuously behaving himself in all feats of arms and thus the honor of the cid was advanced martin peleas thinking none had seen his badness washed his hands in turn with the other knights and would have taken his place among them and the cid went unto him and took him by the hand and said You are not such a one as deserves to sit with these for they are worth more than you or than me but i will have you with me and he seated him with himself at table and he for lack of understanding thought that the cid did this to honour him above all the others on the morrow the cid and his company rode toward valencia and the moors came out to the tourney and martin peleas went out well armed and was among the foremost who charged the moors and when he was in among them he turned his reins and went back to his lodging and the Cid took heed to all that he did, and saw that though he had done badly, he had done better than the first day. And when the Cid had driven the moors into the town, he returned to his lodging, and as he sat down to meet, he took this Martin Peleas by the hand, and seated him with himself, and bade him eat with him in the same dish, for he had deserved more than that day than he had the first. And the knight gave heed to that saying, and was abashed, howbeit he did as the Cid commanded him, and after he had dined he went into his lodging, and began to think upon what the Cid had said unto him, and perceived that he had seen all the baseness which he had done, and then he understood that for this cause he would not let him sit at board with the other knights, who were precious in arms, but had seated him with himself, more to affront him than to do him honour, for there were other knights there better than he, and he did not show them that honour. Then resolved he in his heart to do better than he had done heretofore another day it happened that the cid and his company along with martin peleas rode toward valencia and the moors came out to the tourney fully resolutely and martin peleas was among the first and charged them right boldly and he smoked down and slew presently a good knight and he lost there all the bad fear which he had had and was that day one of the best knights there and as long as the tourney lasted there he remained smiting and slaying and overthrowing the moors till they were driven within the gates in such manner that the moors marvelled at him and asked where that devil came from for they had never seen him before and the cid was in a place where he could see all that was going on and he gave good heed to him and had great pleasure in beholding him to see how well he had forgotten the great fear which he was wont to have and when the moors were shut up within the town the cid and all his people returned to their lodging and Martin Peleas, full leisurely and quietly, went to his lodging also like a good knight. And when it was the hour of eating, the Cid waited for Martin Peleas, and when he came, and they had washed, the Cid took him by the hand and said, My friend, you are not such a one as deserves to sit with me from henceforth, but sit you here with Don Alvar Fenez and with these other good knights, for the good feats which you have done this day have made you a companion for them. And from that day forward he was placed in the company of the good." The history saith that from that day forward this knight Martin Peleas was a right good one, and a right valiant, and a right precious, and in all places where he chanced among feats of arms he lived away with the Cid, and served him right well and truly. And the history saith that after the Cid had won the city of Valencia, on the day when they conquered and discomfited the king of Seville, this Martin Peleas was so good a one that setting aside the body of the Cid himself there was no such good knight there, nor one who bore such part as well in the battle as in the pursuit. And so great was the mortality which he made among the Moors that day, that when he returned from the business, the sleeves of his mail were clotted with blood up to the elbow, insomuch that for what he did that day his name is written in this history, that it may never die. And when the CID saw him come in that guise, he did him great honour, such as he never had done to any knight before that day, and from thenceforward gave him a place in all his actions and in all his secrets and he was his great friend in this knight, martin peleas was fulfilled the example which saith that he who betaketh himself to a good tree hath good shade and he who serves a good lord winneth good garden, for by the reason of good service which he did the cid he came to such good state that he was spoken of as yet ye have heard for the cid knew how to make a good knight, as a good groom knows how to make a good horse. End of the cid, part three.